Hey, how's it going? Uh, duh, 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 duh. Yes. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stop it. <laughs> uh, Rich here. The die. Uh, a lot of times when I first start recording, I I get a little hung up on stuff. So, but anyway. Uh, yeah. Today. So uh, just getting back into it. Been real busy. Um, but uh, I wanted to. Uh, yeah. Just reflect on you know a few things that have, have been going on here. And um, kind of getting to this tipping point, I think, as I covered in the like last two episodes of mo- trying to, to move forward with a team. So, um, you know, I kind of talked a little bit about kind of some personal stuff, but now like in, in my mindset of like where I need to be mentally, but also now I want to kind of jump into, you know, kind of how I'm going to, uh, or, you know, how I'm starting to develop, um, how to bring people, you know, onto the team, train the team, stuff like that. So, uh, I'm just going to leave that short for the intro and, um, yeah, we'll jump, jump right into it. So I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. So I, uh, I think as I, excuse me, as I, um, talked about in some previous episodes here that um, really am uh, trying to to move towards a uh, kind of a new phase in the business, new phase for me, where um, start kind of relying on others to to um, to start growing this business because it's it's really has hit a tipping point. Um, you know, actually I had a uh, somebody I know, friend of mine or whatever, who, you know, we were uh, direct messaging each other on like uh, Facebook or Instagram. And, you know, he said, oh, you know, you know, I haven't talked to you in a while. How's things going? And, um, you know, I told him, I was, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm super busy. And I was like, oh, just to give you an example. It's like, normally I could have like two projects a month, you know, two project. If I have two projects can keep me busy for a month. And uh, I'm like, right now I have 12 <laughs> active projects. So it's getting, you know, it's, it's definitely that tipping point where um, it's going to be way too much for me to handle. And, um, you know, there's some, I mean, there's financial issues. Like, you know, in, in this business, you have to kind of finish the work to get the money. And sometimes the money won't come until 60, 90 days. So, uh, you know, there's cash flow issues still there. So, um that's definitely a, a factor in me right now being like, well, no, I'm not going to, um, you know, hire somebody for let's say $60,000 a year and salary with benefits and all that stuff because the, the cash flow is just not there for that. So what I have been doing is, uh, one of the companies right now, well, I've, I've been relying on some of the, my outsourcing sources. So, um, you know, one or two, one or two companies have been, uh, well, one, one company primarily has been, been helping me out right now. Um, but, uh, but you know, they, it also is like, there's a limited amount that they can, they can help me with there because they have their own projects and stuff that they do. They're the, the company I, that helps me out with, um, uh, uh, 3d scanning and all of that, but they're also providing uh, some services for essentially drafting support, you know, Revit support. So we've, um, you know, I've been using them here and there, you know, 
Uh, I have found uh, there's been two, let me think, two projects, three projects maybe, where recently they've 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 helped me out, and I basically um, those well two of them I could think off the top of my head where it's just basically because they do the 3D scanning, the uh, the point cloud that they produce from that they just they do that already, um, you know for for themselves or or actually probably you know for other other architects and engineers things like that so they already have that um that kind of first step down of of capturing the existing conditions and then drawing up the those conditions in revit and it's been uh you know pretty helpful and it, they've been you know they're they're pretty good and you know i have in two well one case so far uh, that was actually a project where we were providing those serv documentation and existing condition uh, capture um, for another architect. You know, not, they weren't doing this for me. They were doing it. They were well. They were doing it for me because the the other architect had hired me. Um, and uh, but yeah, they they provided the uh, the documentation and sent sent the model and the drawings over to the the other architect and. Um, you know, everything's been, you know, we haven't heard anything back and, um, which, you know, sometimes if we don't get a response, that's good. So, um, you know, that's, that's been work, working out well. And they've, they actually, um, just this week provided me another one for one of my actual projects. So I've, uh, I have gone in and, you know, kind of looked, did a little QC, you know, looked at everything, but, you know, for the most part, it was like, Hey, Captured up. You have the you have the point cloud data. Here's my template. Go forward, and you know a week later I get a a you know completed you know model Revit model. And um, actually, I don't think I asked them to do a drawing set because there's this one's a little different. It's not um, well. I have to kind of set them up myself uh, the drawing set. But but yeah. But then it was a complete model, and it's it's uh, you know from what I see um, that it's you know it's good work, and I think that definitely can work out. Um, so, so, but with that, it's like already some certain things are happening, you know, like they have questions. Oh, well, how do you want this done and that done and, and different things like that. So, you know, besides me just giving them a template and say, go, you know, there's, there's other things that are, that are starting to come up, um, you know, you know, for, with working with somebody else. So, um, that led me to start thinking, okay, well, in my day to day, I need to start identifying, uh, number one, you know, what are those things that, um, I can have them do or, or somebody, you know, doing, um, you know, so I'm kind of been, been noting a number of things, but then as I kind of find, fine tune that or, um, or I'm actually doing a task that is in that category, um, I actually start thinking as I'm doing the task, I'm also noting at the same time, um, what those tasks are, what are th certain things that I need to do in order to train people properly to do that. So, um, so, uh, great. Well, you know, I had actually a great this morning, uh, before I recorded this, um, I've been working through a residential project. It's a small addition and, I, um, very, very common. And th this is one where, uh, some projects, this one's actually small enough where I will not, I, I can, I'm comfortable with handling this on my own and not have a, uh, hire a structural engineer. 
it's it's really just like what is it like 12 feet by 14 foot addition and well two floors um you know but with a, like a crawl space under it so not not very big and you know but as i'm figuring out the structure there's really step, steps to it and i usually work it um I know, you know, I've talked to some structural engineers. They kind of go from like the the top down. I actually go from the bottom up uh, when I do it. When I figure out the uh, the sizing for you know different structural members, and um, you know, so and I've done this a number. Heck, I don't know how many times I've done it at this point. But I, uh, you know, so I have other projects. Usually, what happened was has happened to me in the past is I will I'll be like, oh well this project is similar to this other project. So I just, I keep the, you know, the project notes or, or calculations from previous projects in a file. I find the file, pull it out. And I start, in some ways, I start creating, I kind of copy and make another sheet just like the one that was in the previous project. So what I normally do is I, I do what they call, um, on the drawing side, I do what they call cartoon set. So I kind of set up drawing sheets with, um, floor plans, elevations, the notes and things aren't on there, but I, I, I kind of set them up um, in a way. So like every view that I'm going to have in a final drawing set is already there. I print that out on like 11, 11 by 17 sheet. And then um, in the case of the structural is I take that, that framing sheet and then I put notes in a certain way. I say what like um, the, the ground, uh, not the ground, the, uh, the snow loading, uh, wind loading, uh, different structural loading that that is in every project. I list all that stuff. And to be quite honest, it's the same from project to project. You know, I'm in if most of my projects are in South Jersey, it's going to be the same um, from town to town. It really like you go into the building code and it's just like like the snow, the ground snow load, which is used for helping with like uh, sizing you know some of the, ex the exterior uh, like the roof and some of the um the foundations and whatnot um actually where i live it's like if you go into the code there's it 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 goes from 20 pounds a square foot to 25 pounds a square foot like that line is actually right around where where i'm located so depending on where the project's located sometimes it's 25 sometimes it's it's 20 but the same time when you go to the next section of code where you're sizing members in that usually the lowest that they have on a chart is 30 pounds a square foot so a little bit of a factor of safety i go with 30 pounds a square foot because actually as i move into pennsylvania it is 30 pounds a square foot so um you know but so i use 30 as kind of a base for that you can and depending on the situation Let's just say I have a a uh, a roof beam of some sort that uh, like a um, maybe there's like a depending on the geometry of the project there may be some issues where you know if if the the code is saying I have to do have two by twelves but um, maybe I can only fit two by tens for some reason so you can kind of calculate down. Um, if you, if you know, or, or you can average it out. Oh, what heck it's even in the code. I'd have to grab the book and that's not going to be very <laughs> exciting to listen to. So, um, but yeah, no, you can kind of calculate numbers that are in between different 
different, like you go from 30 pounds a square foot, 50 pounds a square foot and 70 pounds a square foot. So if you have a area where you're 40 pounds a square foot, you can take those sizing members that they specify for, for each one and kind of, you know, essentially take the average of it and, and calculate it that way. But, um, but yeah, but the, but for, um, sorry, my, my phone just rang. I have it on D and D, but or do not disturb, but, uh, not dragon, not, not dungeon and dragons. <laughs> that's on the weekends, but, uh, no, uh, the, uh, sorry. Yeah. That just, just beeped if you, if that's what you heard. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the different, um, different, you know, steps of the, of the, the foundation, all that stuff, you know, again, it's, it's very lost my train of thought there for a second. So I'm kind of getting back. Um, it's the same on every, it's almost the same on every project. You know, this project is a little bit different because I actually am dealing with a flat roof than a slope roof. That wouldn't be a normal in a, in a lot of these homes. So, you know, so, so the roof framing is going to be dealt with a little bit differently there, but, um, but yeah, but for the most part, it's like the same thing. Like I could almost in some ways find a similar project, go to the finished pro, um, drawings and just write down the same foundation size, same, you know, framing size, all that stuff. Cause um, it, it usually kind of ends up being that or, or very close. So, um, you know, so those, the, the there was two steps, the two things in the, in the process that I was doing this morning was first was, you know, setting up that cartoon set. So, you know, what are, what, what is the system for that? So I've already starting to take some notes for that. Um, when I get to this phase where I'm, I'm figuring out the structure and all that, I already have floor plans done because I've presented design plans to the, the, the homeowner or client, or, you know, we've done zoning drawing. So there's already elevate, there's already drawing, um, floor plans, elevation sections that, you know, things like that are typical in plans they are already there. So I'm actually, there is a process. And the great thing about Revit is, um, a lot of times in the, these views that are created, I'm, I'm, I'm just basically copying the previous phases drawing. And, you know, so for example, if I did a, a zoning drawing and I had a floor plan, I'm going to have some dimensions on it already, maybe some notes identifying certain things. Um, I can copy that in, in Revit and just make that my basis for the building permit drawing. And then, um, you know, and same thing on elevation sections, you know, all these different views. Um, but then, from so i kind of have that that initial base but then you know the building permit drawings are going to be more detailed so i'm going to have a set of different you know wall sections things like that that wouldn't necessarily be in previous previous phases but now need to be in there for to properly document the building so um it's really taking those steps and be like okay what do i do here okay i copy the floor plans copy the elevations copy this copy that you know rename them this this and this and then put them in the you know, put them, you know, they're in the file. And then what are the things that need to be added then from that? So I'm starting to draw a list of processes for, um, for that part. And then, you know, like floor plans go on sheet A100, uh, elevations go to sheet A300, framing plans are F100. You know, it's, it's like just simple steps like that, it's repetitive things, but putting it right, like actually writing it down to have a form. So when, um, I down the road want to like, you know, the guy who helped me do this document, this existing conditions, um, set of drawings from a point cloud, you know, 
if I, I'm like, hey, now I need you to set up this drawing set for me, I can give him this checklist really of this. Or it's a checklist for me. If I'm going to sit down and train him, I know that I'm covering all those points. So um, it's really, uh, yeah, it's, it's been very helpful because I'm like, you know what? These are repetitive things. They're very simple. I can definitely give this to somebody else. So so I'm uh, starting to develop that. Uh, the, the other thing too with um, working in these steps is I'm also realizing, I'm like, wait a second. As I'm setting up these drawings, there are certain things that are repetitive from project to project. So can I start updating my template as well where I don't need to copy that? Now, like I don't like to copy the floor plans and, and sections and things like that from previous phases because there's actually, especially with dimensions, when I do dimensions on a design plan, I have you know a certain set of those. My zoning plan will have a cup will have those plus a little bit more. Then my building permit plans will have from those dimensions from those two previous phases that are now together in the zoning plan will be those dimensions plus a little bit more. So I, I don't have to redo the dimensions. I'm just really building them up in the, in each phase. So I like to copy, and you can't you can't have that actually. I mean, you could do some copy and paste stuff, but but really the easiest way to do it um, in Revit I found is you copy the view with the dimensions in it and then rename it and then give it something else. And it doesn't take very long, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe down the road, there could be um, a reason to to have them set up. But for now, you know, I, I copy those, but there are other things in the drawing sets that I'm realizing, I'm like, wait a second, I have a set of demolition, general demolition notes that are the same from project to project. I have uh, different types of legends, wall legends, demolition legends, symbol legends that are the same for every project. And some of those are in my template when you start. So I like symbol legends are on my cover sheet. Um, and they've been on my cover sheet for, I don't know how long, you know, so, but then there are other things like the, I was just mentioning the wall legends, demolition le legends, demo demolition notes, those things. I'm like, I got these in every one of them. So I'm now noting um, of uh I'm like, wait, these need to be added to my template. Or on the structural structural side, there are a, a small library of um, details that I have. Like I have a detail for uh, the wall and the, you know, the connection to the roof, which is usually very typical from project to project. I have a typical, especially on projects where I have additions, where I have... Um, how you tie in the existing, um, well, the the new foundations uh, into the existing foundation walls or footings, you know. So um, I have a, a group of of those details that again are common from every project. I have wall types, like it's just a simple drawing of like a two by four wall, half inch drywall on each side, and then a two by six wall with half inch drywall for each side. And you use those for like in like plumbing situations, or sometimes there's a two by six wall for, for structural reasons too. Um, but they, uh, they, you know, those, those kind of like common details are just like, why am I, you know, because what ends up happening if I don't have it, I just go to an old project and I copy and I paste it in into it and some of them are real like real quick some of them I actually have to kind of grab all the drawing information and paste it into the new one and create a new view and like you know there's a couple extra steps but I'm like these steps could easily 
be just saved by putting them in a template. So I, uh, I personally like to keep my template light, but at the same time, I'm like, some of these things need to be in this template because it's just not that it's an extremely like large amount of time to set some of this stuff up, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, I can save myself some time for doing that. So, um, I, uh, Hold on one second. <laughs> All right, back. Had a little uh, copier issue here. <laughs> I guess that we needed to that needed to get taken care of. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, you know, I was talking about the template. So, you know, as I'm working through these these different steps of um, you know putting putting drawings together and whatnot, that um, you know, I'm starting to either note things that might be a little bit bigger that need to be added later on for the template, or if it's something small enough, I'll actually jump in and, and update the, uh, the template right where I'm there. Um, you know, cause like I said, some, some of this stuff, like some of these legends, it's just like a it, however long it takes to copy and paste and rename a, a view, you know, two minutes or whatever. So use those two, you know, becomes a little bit, you know, add another two minutes and throw it in the template, but then you're never doing it. You're never, you know, I'm going to do it again. Uh, cause it's already there. So, um, you know, so that's, that was the, the you know, the kind of the first step. Uh, but then the second step is, you know, as I'm going through this process, um, I'm also realizing that, you know, the, the next, you know, again, when I was doing, when I mentioned the templates, you know, I'm doing the same task over and over again. So here I am in this project, I'm trying to figure out the structure. And in the structure, I'm like, well, I got to size the foundation. I got to size the floor framing. I got to size the, the the roof framing, the the wall construction. Uh, do the you know the door headers, window headers. Uh, you know, if there's a uh, an opening in a wall that's a bearing wall, that you know there needs to be a header over that. There needs to be anchor bolts in the foundations. You know, what's the size of the foundations? What's the size of the footings? Doesn't need rebar. Doesn't you know? There are all these different things, but it's the same thing on every project. And, um, I did notice, uh, it actually happened on one of, uh, uh a project that I completed a, about a month or two ago that had, um, you know, recently had gotten the permit. They're starting to build now. Um, but, uh, in the plan review, I had actually missed a, it was an opening on a wall. It was only a one, it was a one story addition. So it was one of these smaller ones. Um, but then, you know, there was a new roof above, but there was no header to pick up that roof. And, you know, I just missed it. I had, I had actually done the headers on the, you know, the window, the, the windows on the exterior wall. I don't think there was a door anywhere. It was like a one, it was like a bedroom addition. Um, but yeah, but no, where, where the existing house was, we were kind of opening up that wall and then building the addition. And, but it still needed the, the roof still needed to be supported. That was there. So I, I had missed the header, you know, it was a comment from the plan examiner. I went in and, you know, sized the header, added it to the drawings and resubmitted and it was fine. And they got the permit, but it's one of these things where I'm like, well, you know, I need to have a, a, a checklist, a, a list of like, here's the, here's the to-do list. Oh, you're doing, you know, structural for, a residential project. So here are the steps you need to go through for, you know, getting everything properly sized and, and placed and all that. 
and you know you're 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 flipping through the code book i'm looking up you know if i need an engineered beam i got to go to this uh you know get the technical from the the manufacturer site of the engine who makes the engineered beams because they have different sizing things they're not in the code book um you know there's all these different places i got to go so today i mean as i was mentioned this is a fairly simple um project uh this addition and pretty much all the sizing and everything can be done you know through through the code book so i was like all right let me i gotta start writing down a list of those steps so you know i first started with okay what are all my design loads that i was mentioning earlier you know the the snow loads the the, the dead load uh you know, whatever, whatever all those different things are, there's seismic categories, um, because some of the stuff with foundations related to that, you know, it's just like, so I just made a list of that. I'm like, okay, what are those? Okay. But where do I find those desi different design loads? Oh, they're on, you know, page. So is page 27 on in the code book, you know, cause if any, you know, anybody listening to this who are, you know, other architects, um, you know, when you go into the IBC, which is the international building code or the international residential code. When you go in the code book, it's like, you know, there's a table of contents in the front. So if I want to go to foundations, they will, you, you can find foundations and then it'll set, you know, it'll tell you what page it's on, but something like, like, uh, like wood, wood floor framing, you go, or, or roof framing, actually roof framing is a really good one because, you know, you go to the table of contents and it says roof framing, like wood roof framing. Okay, you know, page 300. You go to page 300, but depending on what your project is, there's there's 50 pages maybe. I don't know if it's 50, but still, let's say 30 pages of different charts you have to go through, to, and then you have to find, like, which one is actually yours. So, um, or if it's something a little bit more specific, like, you know, like wall headers in the, in the table contents, they may not even, it might just say wall construction. Um, you know, so then you go to whatever that page is, but then you're flipping through, like, you know, there's a diagram in the code book that has like a, an example, like wall, right. And it'll have a header and, it'll, and there's actually a note on it and it'll say headers, C section R 602.3.4. So that's another problem is they'll, they'll say what section it is like that, but it doesn't say what page. So you're kind of flipping through and you may have a code section like whatever, 602.3.4, right? So you're like, okay, well, I'm on section 602.2. You know, how many more pages? And you go and you're like, I mean, literally some of these sections, because there's all these charts and whatever, that section 602.2 could be 30 pages, you know, so you're flipping through, you're flipping, you know, through everywhere. There's an index in the back that you can kind of get to, but the index is a little weird too, because the index doesn't tell you a page. It tells you a code section. So you go to the index, you look at the, you know, so the example I'm giving, let's say, you know, I'm looking for wall headers. I'm going to go to the index and they'll say wall headers, you know, and it may say 602.3.4, whatever I said. Well, then I go to the table of contents. Well, what page is that? Oh, that's on page 300 you know, 300 because 602 is, is wall construction or whatever. I don't, you know, so, and then I'm flipping another 30 pages. So what I've started doing today was going through all these steps and be like, okay, here's foundations. That's sec that section R403. And that starts on page 80, you know, 
okay, what's the what are the factors I'm looking for? Here's the compressive strength of the the soils. Um, here are the different wall types, you know, that are done there, you know, that that sit on top of the foundation. Uh, so so for example, if you have light frame, you know, wood construction, that's a chart of how you can size your foundations. You know, if you have um, wood frame construction, but you have a brick veneer, there's a different chart for that. If you have strictly like masonry walls, um, there's a different chart for your foundation. So kind of listing these all out in one kind of like checklist in order, but then also as I, I'm doing that, I'm uh, uh, identifying, you know, what page it's on. So I can actually just have this, I don't have to keep flipping through the index and then to the table of contents and then to the page and flip another 30. I'm going through and, and identifying all of these different items and saying, you know, what page, like, so if I want to do, you know, floor framing, I know to go to page 123 in the code. You know, if I want to look at wall framing, the chart for that, for, um, well, like wall framing starts on page 157, but the wall headers is page 169. And if I want to do the wall size and the spacing of the studs, that's 164. I have a list right next to me. So, um, but, uh, you know, so, and as I'm going through, I'm like, oh, wait, I realized like, like, for example, with the foundations, like, wait, I forgot about the soil class, you know, you know, something else. Oh, wait, that's on page 120. So I have to add that to the list. So I'm just writing these notes and building this checklist now. Um, that's going to be helpful for me. So like the next time, the next project I have, if I'm doing this and, and trying to figure out, the structure and all that stuff. I have this list, this to do to this to do list right in front of me. So I know exactly what I need to do. And I'm going to put it in an order where like, all right, well, I want to figure out my foundations first, or I want to figure out my roof first, or you know, however I decide to do that, I'll have that here. And then I can use this as a teaching tool, which is the most important for you know somebody else who's going to help me do these drawings. You know, they may I may not lean on them initially to, you know, hey, I need you to size the foundations. I need you to size the roof framing. Um, but I'm going to show them what the, the process is and kind of walk it through them so that later on down the road, you know, okay, they're doing, you know, let's just say, you know, category A of helping me with the drawing stuff. They're setting up um, the drawing sheets. They're placing the views on it. They're doing, you know, they're putting those legends in or they're, they're you know, adding the notes you know, where I'm simply marking something up and they're doing it. And it's, it's kind of, I'm not brain dead, but it's not complicated. You're basically, you're looking at this, you're like, oh, okay, I got to add this stuff in. You know, you're, you're inputting whatever I'm giving somebody. You know, it's a very direct translation from, you know, paper to, to in the computer. Um, but if they're familiar, with, if, if they get start getting familiar with what the process is of like, oh, why am I sizing, you know, the foundations a certain size? Why am I... You know, why are the floors two by tens, even though the, the, the structural says two by eights? The answer here is that, you know, it might need insulation and a two by eight isn't thick enough for the insulation that's needed. Um, but it, but, you know, giving that to somebody I can train and like help them, um, you know, help them grow and, you know, can help me in the long, help me in the long run too. So, so I'm really, I'm really excited for that. Get this going. Um, you know, because I, I will say, you know, personally, it's like the um, the past, you know, couple of months. It's, you know, I mean, like everybody, it's, it's been tough with like COVID and stuff. But you know, it's a little little burnout. It's a lot, there's a lot of I've been doing a lot of the same thing over and over and over again. So it's feeling a little 
my business is feeling a little bit like a job. And it's a job I'm not necessarily <laughs> enjoying, but, um, you know, on some days. But doing stuff like I'm describing now is getting me, like, pumped up again. Getting me going. Getting me Just me talking about it right now is getting me like, oh, Yes, you know. Okay, I'm excited. I'm 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 excited for this next step. I'm excited to start, you know, having other people do this, you know, teaching teaching others how to do this. So um yeah, so I'm excited. Um you know, and then finally the other thing, you know, that's kind of just me kind of thinking and trying to figure out, you know, what what the systems need to be and whatnot. But the other thing I'm finding is, you know, now that I'm starting to have some people help me, on a regular basis is I'm also noticing, I'm like, Oh wait, they like, they'll, when they ask me a question, then has me start thinking, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I didn't think of that. You know, it might be something that's very, uh, you know, very simple or, or, you know, that I just kind of do second nature now. But I'm like, you know what? Great example. Um, the, uh, I had mentioned earlier, you know, these guys are helping me, you know, draw up existing conditions from the 3D scan point clouds. Uh, I get a question from the one guy one day. Actually, no, there was two different guys who have been helping me out. And they both, well, one didn't ask me the question. I had to actually go back and like say, hey, you know what? You took this a little bit too, too literally. This wall is not two degrees uh, at an angle, this, this wall needs to be square, you know? And, um, you know, but this other guy I was working with me had seen, you know, very similar thing. Cause when you go into a point cloud, it's, it's, they're straight, but there's a, um, it's called a point cloud for a reason. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's a group of points, but they can tend to be a little feathery, I guess could be a word. Um, that, you know, it's, it's, a uh, you have to kind of, kind of interpret, there's a, there's still a level of interpretation there. It's not like you can just like, there's no easy button for one thing. You have to actually draw everything still, but, but yeah, it's, um, it's just, you know, sometimes depending on it from room to room, you, if you're looking at it in, a, in, in the overall picture, you're like, wait, well, that wall can't be angled, you know, but it might kind of appear to be. Uh, depending on, especially if you're dealing with like an older, older home and like actually two of these recent examples were like older row homes in Philadelphia, you know, so, you know, maybe, uh, maybe there is a little bit of, um, of an angle in, in reality, but, you know, um, the, you know, with my years of experience, I'm like, well, no, no, this is not a, there are, there are um, situations where that angle is actually very real. Um and this goes back to like revolutionary times. There's actually are streets in Philadelphia that are like at a two, they're, they're two degrees off of a 90, you know, the, the intersection, you know, for whatever reason, it's not complete. They're not, they're not perfectly parallel. Um, I had, and, and I learned of that from a project I worked on years ago. Um, and uh, I mean, this is uh, heck maybe 15 man, 15. Oh, it was when my, uh, yeah, it was when my son was like my oldest who's 16 now. Yeah. So it was like 15, 16 years ago when I worked on this project 
And um, the architect I was working under at this this firm at the time, he was, you know, it was it was something called like it was like might have been like the the Franklin, the Franklin angle or something like that. I forget I forget what the term was, but uh, he was like, oh yeah yeah. If you look at like survey stuff, you know, it was it was done like that, and there was reasons, and it's been so long I can't remember why, but I do know that, you know, some of the streets are not perfectly parallel to each other. They're not necessarily nine degrees. So sometimes you do have situations where, you know, you may have a wall that is at a five degree angle, you know, at 85 degrees, not 90. Um, but um, in the case of these two projects, these were small row homes. And in both cases, they were party walls, which is the wall in between two houses. And I'm like, nah, these are, you know, these, these are straight. And the, the walls framed into it need to be perpendicular, all that stuff. So, um, the, uh, um, yeah, so, so I was getting questioned. One of the questions I was getting was like, well, how do you deal with that? You know, so I, I, I came back and I was like, yeah, you know what, what you do is you, you know, draw it straight. Um, but then we're gonna have to, you know, move it. Um, and depending on the, the other information we have outside of the point cloud, we might be able to, like if we have the deed for a property, actually you can look them up online. And if the property is 18 feet wide, then we will set those walls so that they're 18 feet, you know, from each other, um, from, you know, outside to outside. Um, and then, you know, kind of go from there, you know, but, or you kind of just kind of take the average of what that angle is and kind of start from the middle and go in the front and back. And, you know, there's different techniques, but, um, but those questions started me thinking, I'm like, oh, well, we need to start thinking about, okay, here's some, here's some common things that come up when we're drawing point clouds. How do we deal with those? You know? So, um, so I don't get those questions next time. So, uh, that was, uh, you know, that, that, that's been a nice little, you know, thing I've discovered as well. Um, as I'm starting to do this is, you know, they're going to have questions and, we're going to have to like, you know, as I'm documenting my processes, I also need to document these questions and um, include them in this as well. So, you know, it's a, a growing, um, growing document at, right now. Um, and uh, it's like, like even the, actually just to go back to the question. I see, I have one more note here um, was, you know, not only questions from, you know, people I'm working with, but, you know, I have stuff online, you know, I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing, you know, I have YouTube channels or YouTube channels. I have YouTube videos on my channel um, that, you know, in this case, we've kind of been talking, you know, Revit stuff here, but uh, in a way the or Revit or drawing stuff, the, um, you know, I have some instructional videos related to Revit on, on the channel. So the, um, I have had some comments from subscribers and that has led to me being like, Oh, you know what? They're asking this or, you know, one of them recently was a request of like, well, how do you deal with stairs in a point cloud? So I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Let me note that. And, you know, similar to the thing with the walls, you know, let me put, put the stairs in there too. And I can use that in the training for there. So, um, it's definitely, uh, yeah, like I said, this is, this is, it's exciting for me because, um, you know, it's kind of getting, I'll say, you know, getting me out of a rut <laughs> and, um, you know, moving on to something new, but then also moving on to, um, putting myself in a position to be where I want to be in my career or business right now. Um, you know, I just, 
mentioned in previous episodes that there's, you know, finding myself doing things that is taking me away from other things that is preventing me from growing or, or whatever, or not growing fast enough or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, so definitely keep you, you know, probably have an update at some point, uh, down the road, but, um, but yeah, so I actually can hear my little one outside my door. So I'm going to have to roll and, uh, and head out here. So, uh, until next time, this is Richie Architect. I'm signing off and we'll see you next time.